1: And kitties books and movies yes we
2: love
3: these
4: listen to this podcast please hello and welcome to book Swaggles. so you guys yeah I want to ask you yeah to tell me about a lie that you have told in your past. Any lie. Please don't tell me something like really depressing or horrible. Yeah, this isn't therapy hour. No. Okay, I can go.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm ready. I've got so many lies. No, this is, yeah. Okay, anyway. So, shout out to my friend Scott who listens to this podcast. Hey,
4: Scott. Hey, Scott.
3: Hey, Scott. Hello, Scott. Um, when I first moved to Atlanta, um, Scott invited me into his home, uh, until I could find a place to live, uh, his home with his parents and stuff. (laughs) And he lives with his cute little Vietnamese grandmother, or he lived with his cute little Vietnamese grandmother. He doesn't live with his parents anymore. Um, (laughs) but, uh, she didn't speak any English. And one day, she knocked on my bedroom door, and she brought me a bowl of watermelon. And I hate watermelon.
4: Because it's insane. Look,
3: melon is disgusting. <laughs> melon, melon and watermelon
4: melon are very different. No,
3: it's gross. It's just, like, it tastes like a sponge filled with, like, sugar water. It's disgusting. Um, I see no problem here. I eat that. Anyway, she brought me a giant bowl of watermelon, and she couldn't speak English, so I couldn't tell her, like, oh, this is really sweet, but I don't eat this, so I just ate it, um, so that, you know, she wouldn't, like, I didn't want to hurt her feelings, so there, I lied about it. I, I, It was, like, a physical lie, because I had to, like, eat my lie.
1: Did she leave, or did she just stand there and watch you eat the whole bowl of watermelon? <laughs>
4: Oh, i God. hope it was, like it was the latter <laughs> she was, yeah, and know. like you had a couple pieces left and she was like no you have to finish it
3: yeah basically you know how grandmas are come
4: on but anyway yeah, they make sure you eat scott they care
3: thanks again for everything <laughs> anyway thanks <laughs> for the watermelon thanks for the watermelon <laughs> oh this was emily i'm sorry did i say that this has
5: been emily that was emily <laughs> okay. okay i'm susan <laughs> And, um, this, I told this lie to a person I don't even know, but I feel like it was a pretty bad lie because it it was just not true. That's what a lie is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't practice this. Um, so I used to work at a, a bridal store, um, and this woman came in a few times to pick out her dress and she also picked out like a bridesmaid's dress for her daughter and, After she'd been there a few times, she tells us that actually this is a surprise wedding um, and that even her fiancé, who they're not officially engaged, doesn't know about it. Uh,
1: What? That's not how that works. Not good. Yeah. This is
5: really a bigger lie on her part than mine. But um, Yeah. Whoa. She she was like, isn't this great? And I just kept telling her, yeah, this is a great idea. (laughs) 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 Mostly because I had to still- we had to sell the dress. And like, also, I really wanted to be invited because I wanted to see what happened. So I was like, Did you go? No. I don't know that it was like at his retirement party. She was going to show up at the retirement party in a wedding dress and be like, Surprise, this is our wedding. No. And we just kept being like, Yeah, that's going to go awesome. No, that's so that's cool, like, idea. how romantic, which is, like, probably the biggest lie I've ever told because that is batshit crazy.
4: That is so crazy, like, that's so crazy. That reminds me of On Orange is the New Black, like, I know Emily hasn't watched it, but have you guys? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. I have. Like, Lorna, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of her.
5: I love her so much.
4: Christopher! So.
5: <laughs> Christopher!
1: <laughs> I have, like, a childhood lie that was pretty epic where I stole some finger puppets from my first grade teacher and then lied to my mom about it and she made me go return them and apologize and it was really embarrassing. But... Uh,
5: f- finger puppets. We were talking it was almost a before perfect we crime. started
1: recording about a lie you've told a significant other and I sort of like tested this one to my roommate before I left and <laughs> she said I should tell it. Um... I told someone I was dating that a date we went on was really romantic. When it was the farthest thing from that, it was he took me to a gospel sing. No, um, and it was like all of the music ministers from our state in a choir together. And like, I love music as much you know, more than the next person. And I was like, this is so romantic. And I was just like, (laughs) "No,
4: I can't, I honestly can't think of something less romantic.
1: Look, it does not take much to impress me. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of things are romantic that are probably not to other people. Yeah. But this wasn't one of them. It would be
4: less romantic if a person was like, I'm going to murder you. That would be less romantic.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm a different person now, and I don't think I would say this to someone now. Now I'd be like, I don't want to go. Thank you.
4: But I would be like, why would you even ask me that?
1: Even like as I was saying it, I was
4: like, "Ah." oh, my God. I mean, I have had similar I mean, not like that, but I've lied to significant others about um, like, my high school boyfriend would write me, like, poetry that was so bad. Ooh, that so high bad. school poetry, though. And I would be like, oh, I love it. It's so good. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever read. Like, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> this makes me less attracted to you. Um, <laughs> but that same boyfriend, the the lie that I was going to tell is – or the lie that I was going to tell you about is that yeah, This I, is Kelly, by the way, guys. Oh, shit. This is Kelly. And that was Mary before. And before that was <laughs> Susan. I said my name. Okay. Susan so, did it. I don't know if anybody did else my did. Job. We're just I'm getting K- very comfortable here. I know. I'm Look, sorry. you should know us by now. I'm Kelly. <laughs> uh, and so I dated this guy in high school, and he broke up with me. And then, like, when I was going to college, we were going to the same college, so we decided to, like, get back together. Mm-mm. I told my dad this. And my dad was going to be, like, paying off my loans or whatever when I got out of school. And he was like, you can't date him. And I was like, dude, I'm, like, 19 years old. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, you – like, you can't date him. Like, he's he's a bad influence and he is a bad person and you can't date him. And if you get back together with him, I'm not paying for your school. Literally would not pay for my college. So I was like, wow. fine. I'm not dating him. And then I dated him for, like, three months. And then we broke up. so he was right, but also I lied to him. <laughs> but that's something you have to find oh out for boy. yourself. And you to know. this day he does not know. I would love he probably to well, he might know now. yeah, well, he doesn't listen to this. Dad,
1: if you're listening.
4: if you're listening, I'm not sorry because that was crazy for <sighs> yeah, you to, that's insane. for you to do that. so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, the reason we're talking about lies today. Is because we're talking about Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff, and this is my choice. So sorry, everyone, because I know I have a feeling. <laughs> you feel it. I have a feeling about how this is going to go, but um, <laughs> I picked this book, and uh, I have a a Goodreads summary to read, ah. which might give you a little bit of insight as to why we were talking about lies.
1: Or Um, not, because Goodreads summaries are notoriously terrible.
4: Yeah, this Goodreads
3: summary is especially bad. I'm just going to preface by saying.
4: Yeah. I'm excited. Hit me with it. Okay. Every story has two sides. Every relationship has two perspectives. And sometimes it turns out the key to a great marriage is not its truths, but its secrets. At the core of this rich, expansive, layered novel, Lauren Groff presents the story of one such marriage over the course of 24 years. I don't know about all that. (laughs) At age... Okay, so here's, like, more of an actual summary that's the second part, I guess. At age 22, Lotto and Matilde are tall, glamorous. (laughs) I like how tall is the first descriptor. Two Um. tall people getting married. Tall, glamorous, madly in love, and destined (laughs) for greatness. A decade later, their marriage is still the envy of their friends, but with an electric thrill, we understand that things are even more complicated (laughs) and remarkable than they have seemed. (laughs) Oh, boy. So, um... (laughs) An
1: electric thrill.
4: Like, I don't know who wrote that description, but I think Goodreads needs to have a talk with... It's copywriters. I think it was Sue nineteen fifty eight. Sue Sue wrote it. Get no, her if on Sue this. wrote it. There would be a lot more line breaks. So Sue, I hope you're back. I is bet better. Sue
5: uses the word electrifying though in a lot
4: of probably her electric thrill. Um. So yeah, basically the plot of this novel is it follows the marriage of two people. Um, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and that's that's, that's the plot. plot. I mean, okay. So I guess we're uh, we'll start off with our general thoughts. And I think Mary wants to go first. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. Mary has Kelly. feelings. everyone can tell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kelly. I'm
1: sorry. it's okay. But I have not liked a book you've picked yet. And I was Ooh. hoping that this one was gonna be the one. But it's not, I
4: know. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know what the plot is in this book because I don't think there is one. They're married. Great. Like, that that's really it to me. And Lotto, the the guy, is just a complete douche lord. He's a complete douche lord. Yes. And I read the first half of the book, and I was like, okay, he's terrible. Now let's get Matilda's point. No. It's still kind of just about him and how he's a douche lord. And maybe she was, like, in a weird sexual relationship with someone. Yeah. That wasn't him. And I just, I don't know. I had a hard time reading it. I feel like Lauren Groff teases the reader a lot and makes it seem like something's going to happen and then withholds that. And that's annoying stuff that I think people would think was cute or smart, like naming the dog God. (laughs) I was not amused by. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think Lauren Groff's writing
4: was pretentious. Yeah. I mean, I have I, a lot of feelings. I I was reading a lot of Goodreads reviews and that was like one of the main complaints was that people were like this is so pretentious. Which yeah. I have a hard time with the word pretentious. Well,
1: let me, let me put it let me put it this way. I think a lot of books and we could talk about this all day and we sh- we shan't. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of books for the sake of being capital L literary yeah. do a lot of fancy wordplay, but lack some nuanced plot yeah and this isn't always the case but that's kind of what i was feeling here like i feel like when lauren groff sat down to write she thought this is going to be capital l literature this is going to be artistic and so she did fancy wordplay but i think at the expense of some story I don't know. Uh, Then again, like, my least favorite genre of books is people sitting around talking. (laughs) And that's, like, my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, look, I'm a contradiction. I love Jane Austen. (laughs) But there was just a little too much sitting around talking. I I think because I actually screamed at this book, I'm going to give it a one out of five. Okay. Whoa. I mean, I want to say that, like, everyone's different and likes <laughs> different things. All right, Mary. And it's totally fine no, it's if true. everyone
5: it's loves It's good that we don't all agree. Otherwise, yeah. where would the – I mean, be? I didn't I didn't <laughs> love this
4: book. Like, the thing is, like, the things I have picked have been things that have been, like, recommended to me by other people who I trust, you know? So, like, I didn't love this book, but I, I liked it. I, like, enjoyed reading it because, like, I – like, we have – acknowledged. I like the talky like relationshipy books that are just about like characters and people like having interpersonal lives, lives <laughs> and stuff. Like I like reading about just like life and not necessarily like here is the plot, here is like the beginning, middle and end, here's the climax, like that kind of stuff. Like and so I I don't have a problem with the fact that cuz there was like a lot did happen. In this book, like you, when you think about it, like they went through all this stuff with his a- like acting, and then his plays, which are terrible, by the way. Oh my god, then so bad. We lo- We learn about her past and like the th- you know her weird sexual relationship that occurred before this, and then we hear about his past in Florida and like his his mom, and like then we he goes to the artist colony and almost cheats on her with a man, and like you know she. I have things to say about that. <laughs> yeah, just. Yeah, but a lot a lot happened. It's just, like, not plot, plot, like, here are the, like, mechanics of how these things are going to fit together.
5: It's not driven by the plot.
4: No. Unfortunately, it's driven by the character of Lotto, who is so terrible. Like, he's so terrible. Yeah. There's nothing redeeming about him. And I think that the main flaw of this book is that it tries to, like make us see the things in him that maybe matilde saw and liked but i just don't understand i agree that's what i had a really hard time with like i didn't like i the writing was very literary but i thought it was really pretty like i liked it a lot for for me like would i choose to write a book that way probably not like a little i mean it can be a, a little much at times <laughs> especially when you first start reading it it's like hard to get into the like groove of this like super flowery language but i, I thought it was pretty i and as i was saying about the word pretentious i always am like <laughs> i'm always like you calling something pretentious is very pretentious <laughs> <So> like <laughs> like to call something pretentious is then being like i'm too good for this pretentious and then you're being pretentious <laughs> But I forgive you. Um, anyway. <laughs> There's going to be a throwdown at the end of this There's episode. There's going to be a throwdown. No, so, I like, don't disagree day, with you. The day we agree is the day the podcast is over. It's probably true. Which means it's never going to be over. Never! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I gave this three stars. Like, which I am pretty much at a solid three here. Like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) But that's how I feel. And I'm a little – I'm disappointed because I did expect to like this a lot more. That's my feelings. Solid three from you. Yes, as usual.
3: So I feel like I fall probably in the middle of you guys. Uh, I really don't mind um, really, like, flowery prose as long as there's, like, stuff behind it to back it up. And I've read other – Warren Graff books before and I really enjoyed her short story collection um, Delicate Edible Birds and I would recommend that to anybody that even sort of thought this was okay so to Kelly not to Mary yeah. uh, <laughs> but I think the reason that that worked for me is like yeah it was really like prettily written but there were also stories behind it the thing that got me with a lot of the pros in this is um, I read, I would read like three paragraphs. And then at the end of it, I'd be like, okay, so basically, what she just said is that she doesn't want to die alone. Well, we all feel that way. That's not like a new concept. And it's not really being told to me in a new way that I haven't thought about before. So why am I spending so much time on it? And so that's what that's kind of how I feel is like, okay, if you're gonna get really fancy with your language, then like, please present me some new idea or present that idea to me in a way that I haven't thought about it before. So I felt like a lot of it was spending a lot of time on ideas that weren't really interesting to me. I think I would have enjoyed the first part of the book more if I had sort of like realized what the conceit was when I got into it, because I feel like every single description of this book that I've read is like really not indicative like. of what the book is actually about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into and I was reading Lotto's section and as everybody else has said, like, he sucks. Um, and I was like, <laughs> I thought this was supposed to be the story of a couple. Why am I getting so much of Lotto? Um, when you get into the Furies part, I mean, I think all the reviews that I've read of this, I, I feel like across the board, everyone said that the second half of the book is much better, and I would agree with that. Um, I'm much more interested in Matilda's story. I think that her background is much more interesting. Um, she has this whole, like, past life that we find out about. Um,
4: and she's just a better character. Yeah, she's like, just a
3: better character. And she, you know what? Like, really, she's not, it's not that she's more likable than Lotto because she's really not, but she's just more interesting. Um, and so I was a little frustrated that even in her section, you're still getting a lot of, a lot of lotto.
4: Yeah. Um,
5: so. That's the episode
3: title. The parts that made me, the parts that like I really got into that um I got lost in the book and like I was really able to like, just like zip through it and like got really into it. Were all the parts that were just about Smithfield, like her childhood and like, stuff like that I was really into. I had a really hard time believing um, some of the secrets she was keeping from him as well. Like, um, I like the idea that she was, like, behind the scenes helping with his plays, but, like, I really have a hard time believing that she, like, snuck in and edited his plays and, like, he didn't know at all. Like, (laughs) Uh how shitty of a writer are you that, like, you look at your play later and was like, oh man, this is, like, much better than I thought it was and don't remember that that's what you wrote? Yeah. Like, so I I had a really hard time, like, um buying a lot of this the secrets that she apparently had. Um, so that was difficult for me as well. So I gave this a two out of five stars because i I do like the way she writes. Um, I did like parts of the story, but I think as a whole, I was a little disappointed and I felt like things could have been done differently to make me care more. The other thing that's really weird, and we'll put this in the show notes, but. Um, I listened to an interview or watched an interview with her on YouTube, and she spends a lot of time talking about Lotto and how she sees him as like this really like hot, attractive guy. And I, like, I just didn't see that at all. (laughs) Like, it just really came off like in her interview that like she was really attracted to the character of Lotto. And I was like, I didn't like, Well,
4: she must have been. Sounds like
3: a bad person.
4: Yeah, yeah. She must have been very, like, she was clearly very attracted to and fascinated by him because she spent so much time on him.
3: I know, but I think that that fascination with her character was like to the detriment of the book because we lost. uh, We lost a lot of things that I think would have been much more interesting to focus on. Mm -hmm. So that is my review. I'm sorry it wasn't very succinct, but this is a very complicated book. So. Yeah, yeah.
5: I also am giving it a two would, if I could give it a two and a half, I would. <laughs> I, I really, I wanted to like this a lot because I think Lauren Groff is like so cool. <laughs> and like when I heard her read, I remember, I can't remember what she read now, but I remember really liking it in the moment. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess
3: we should say that um, Lauren Groff actually visited our school. So Susan and I saw her read and I got to go out to lunch with her. So, I'm like I think like especially like getting to meet someone in person, you really wanna like enjoy, yeah, all I of really their work wanted and-
5: to enjoy it like so much more than I did, but yeah, I at first felt um sort of the way I felt about white teeth, which was like I love the way it sounds, but not so much like what's happening, um, mm-hmm. but maybe even less so in this than with white teeth. Because there was a little more to, like, hang on to in that book, I think.
4: Yeah. Um, like Future Mouse. Future Mouse.
5: Like, yeah. <laughs> there was no Future Mouse in this book, so. Got
4: <laughs> um, dock a point for that, right? Well, I think I think Zadie Smith is a better writer than, than Lauren Groff. Uh, I think you're probably right. But –
5: I only really have – I've only read a little bit of each of them, you know, so I don't know if it's, like, across the board that way or not, but I just felt similarly at first. And I really – actually really liked the very beginning of the book and thought it was – it felt like there was, like, so much potential.
4: Yeah, Um, exactly.
5: When it's, like, this other thing had come between them and it was their marriage, like, I was like, ooh, where are we going, where are we going? And uh, then we, like, went
4: nowhere for a really long time and
5: I was like, okay – (laughs) <laughs> yeah
4: i loved the whole florida <laughs> section too because yeah. i'm from florida so for me <laughs> it was very i love like the atmospheric writing about florida mm-hmm. like i love i'm like a sucker for that kind of stuff so at that point i was like i'm i'm into this and then like he wasn't a child anymore and he was su- suddenly terrible <laughs> so
5: yeah he was pretty terrible but like i While Mathilde is definitely the more interesting character, she's also pretty terrible. She's terrible,
4: too. Yeah.
5: Like, her section was more interesting because more was happening, but so – it was, like, so little was happening with him and so much was happening with her that it was almost not that believable. By the time we got to all of the stuff that was – had happened to her or that she had – she had made happen to other people, like her brother, um – like, I was just like, wow, how could one person have this much shitty stuff happen? And yeah. Lotto can have, like, pretty much nothing happen to him. So part of me really liked how different how different those were. Yeah. Like, how different the sections were. But then I also, I don't know, I just got kind of bored and I feel bad about it.
4: But you don't I have to feel bored. bad about it. That's just. I know. I'm, I'm not, not easily so- <laughs> bored. So that's the thing. Like.
5: Also, I wouldn't recommend listening to it. Like, it's. It's. The parts that I read read were more enjoyable to me. And controversial opinion, I actually really liked some of his plays and <laughs> um, <laughs> thought that that was oh, like no. more interesting to me. Or talking about not just I didn't really like when they would just talk about a conversation they had about a play, but when they actually showed a scene from it, I, I thought that was really cool. But um, maybe it just wasn't enough.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, also I. I was reading all this stuff, like, these reviews talking about how, like, which I was like, that's true. Like, how unrealistic the depiction of, like, the theater world is in this. Because, like, he's, like, writing and producing a new play on, like, a yearly basis. Yeah, he's, like,
5: like Woody Allening it. It's, you can't do that with
4: theater. <laughs> like, it doesn't work that way. Well, and I crazy. think Woody
5: Allen has proved you can't really do it with movies either. Like, <laughs> you're gonna hit some good ones, but, like... There's going to be some I'm garbage mostly gonna in suck. there if you're going yeah, once yeah. a year. Yeah. Also, like, I-, I know that the the point of, like, that he's ruled by the fates is, like, his life is almost all just, like, right place, right time stuff. But, like, I found the most unbelievable thing was just, like, he got up one night and wrote a fucking play and it was amazing.
4: Oh, yeah. And that didn't make any sense. I'm
5: like, I write all the damn time. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> that's nothing that great has ever yeah. happened.
4: It's just... He's like, I blacked out and wrote a a brilliant masterpiece. Yeah. Okay.
5: (laughs) And given, I guess, Mathilde was contributing to that, but just for it to go so smoothly and be like, he's a genius right away. And everyone wants to produce these plays. They just got to give it one look and they're like, oh my God, yeah, all three parts going on. Like, no. It's not an
4: easy feat. (laughs) Especially when you see so much of the way that he experiences the world and talks to people you're like you're not a genius no but like a, how could you write something idiot. when
5: the yeah. whole room turned on him for being a misogynist i was like i loved that I'm here part. For oh, this God, that like amazing. it's about and time was someone like, was like you suck
4: <laughs> that part was so real too because he has the exact attitude of dudes like that who are like i love like, women I'm not misogynist yeah. i love my wife. yeah i love
5: i love women <laughs> i know women Like, you like to bone women, there's a difference. And then, like, to keep backtracking around it, like, to keep trying to explain it, I've, I've, like, it's like I've heard this argument before. It was, that was, like, a well done, that was good writing. (laughs) It's a way, it's another way to say it. It was some good writing. Um, (laughs) Especially when it's, you hear that argument all the time, that, like, well, there are biological differences between, right. Men and women, so like, just that's. I'm not. It's
4: not my fault. Yeah, it's not. It's a just the way thing. it is. Yeah. What women contribute to society is very important. Mm-hmm. The the gift of life is very important. It was so that part was so
5: well written to me that I was like, someone has said this to Lauren Groff. It was before. painful, and yeah. she is like explaining
4: I mean, why. Hasn't they're someone done said as that right to now? all of us before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone has just, someone like everyday sector. Because she
5: has kids, doesn't she? She has two children. There we go. Oh, okay. okay. So there you go. It felt like someone had said that directly to her and she was like, I'm going to write this to
4: you directly.
5: (laughs) But then she likes lotto so much. It's like, maybe not. (laughs) I don't know.
4: It's confusing for sure.
5: That's,
3: you know, it's the plight of straight women is like, you want to be a feminist, but most guys suck.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And unfortunately, you're attracted to them for some reason. Yeah.
3: You're <laughs> yeah. like, What's that the, the, my brains are telling me no, and my heart is saying, but he's so cute. Yeah. It's
1: a classic R. Kelly situation, and my mind's telling me no. My
3: mind
5: is telling me no, but Got my, my body. Body. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, R. Kelly is also a problematic person.
3: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, let's Yeah.
1: Not. Mm. Let's not. I don't even want to say problematic. It's, I just maybe just yeah, bad. Just, like a bad it's worse person. than that at this point. <laughs> but he did give us he trapped did. in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
5: so, it's so hard. And the remix to ignition.
3: <laughs> Basically, it's just hard to like any man when most of them are so shitty. And I think R. Kelly is a great example of that. Like, <laughs> you want to like him because his songs are hilarious, but also he's a pedophile who has like. A sex He's cult got a sex ring ball, yeah. thing. I
4: think
5: this is the, the pickle that a lot of Trump voters are finding themselves in right now, where they're like, <laughs> I gotta defend why I voted for this person, but he just keeps doing one more awful thing. And I'm like, you can say. You can say,
4: say it's bad. Is terrible. It's fine.
5: Because <laughs> you know it, too. I know that you do.
4: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we have covered a lot of my discussion points just <laughs> like from talking about this but what a mess okay <laughs> let's get back on track yeah.
5: this is a hard one to talk about though it's like it's yeah. hard
4: because it's yeah it really is it doesn't have a structure per se <laughs> although my first uh discussion point was about the fact that it's divided into two parts the first follows lotto's perspective and the second part follows matilde's I was just wondering, like, if we think that the book benefited from this at all, or if it harmed it more than it helped it, like, what do you guys think?
3: Okay, so now that I know, like, after the fact, knowing what she was doing, obviously, like, I wish I had known about the structure thing before I started reading it, yeah. um, because I think the idea that is really cool, the, this idea of, like, you see a relationship from one person's perspective, and you don't realize all of the things that are happening that that person doesn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's cool. But like I said, I think some aspects of that were a little like implausible. Like I, I feel like Lotto would have been a little bit more um,
4: aware, <laughs> I, but maybe not because he sucks.
3: What do you guys think? If
4: he's not aware, he's really yeah. dumb. Well, he is really dumb. I guess like the the point of of her having all of these secrets was just to show like how truly oblivious of a person lotto was because he like he was so shocked when he discovered like that she had lied to him like later in their marriage he was like what my whole perception of my wife has changed and it's like bitch you don't know her like you don't know so much about her you think that she was like created and put here just for you
3: yeah but like he also didn't yeah
4: yeah and then he's mad because she, it's not like he asked and she lied. Like, she didn't yeah. lie. Most of this stuff. She just didn't bring it up. Yeah. Well, most of this stuff she didn't lie about. Like, there are very few actual lies that she told. It was all, like, keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. Which is a form of lying, I suppose. But
3: But also, like, not asking and not being curious about your partner is also really Well, chitty. he likes the idea
5: yeah. of yeah. 22-year-old Matilde. And that's, Yeah. It's like that's what he holds on to the whole time. He's not really that interested in her, I don't think, as a The person. way that she
4: is growing and changing. Yeah. like <laughs> I don't think he is.
5: Oh, but the structure? Um. <laughs> I Did you guys
1: feel like Lauren Groff was trying to do a bit of a Gone Girl thing? I mean, because, you know, Gone Girl, about half the novel is from one perspective, and then there's a turn, and secrets are revealed and it's from a different perspective and i hate to compare everything to gone girl and other books surely use the same sort of narrative technique but it felt like that's what she was going
4: for and i don't think she actually got there it's i haven't actually read gone girl (laughs) i have to admit this how dare you
5: for as much as we talk about it you should probably go read it
4: i really like it i've like i've seen the movie and now i'm like is it worth it? Because <laughs> I know all of the yeah, spoilers. Yeah, the, the book is very yeah, like good. That. Okay, I'll read it eventually. I guess, I can
5: see what you're saying, Mary, because it's like, you get you get Lotto stuff, and then once we get to Matilde, it's like a lot of what you thought was true is undone in the way that it happened in Gone Girl, I guess. But yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I was like relieved when we finally got to hear from her. So, but also I was like, Wow, this is long. Yeah.
4: <laughs> also, though, her story is still
1: focused yeah, on yeah. Otto.
4: Well, and and what's also confusing is he's described as not actually that attractive, like, kind of weird looking. He's tall, <laughs> he's though. Tall. Well.
5: Which apparently
3: makes someone glamorous, which, I mean.
5: Well, Matilda's described as weird looking a lot, too. Also, she yeah. doesn't use deodorant, right? Yeah, that was yeah, odd. Come on,
3: girl. <laughs> I just couldn't. I, I. I as soon as I found out she didn't use deodorant, I was like, "Not glamorous at all."
5: I can't even mm-hmm. relate to that at all because no. not only do I use deodorant, but I carry it with me in my purse constantly because I oh, always yeah. need it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I sweat all the time.
4: Yeah, wouldn't she just be like soaking her clothing, like imagining New York in the summer? Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: they talk about they talk about how the white t-shirt she was wearing was soaked through with sweat. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's a lot of yeah, sweat Yeah, also if there. it's that
5: soaked, it smells.
1: I do have thoughts about Lotto's artist yes, retreat. Yes, yeah, please. Uh, so at one part in the novel, Lotto decides he's going to write an opera because that's an easy thing he can do. <laughs> And he decides this, oh, side note, he decides this after Mathilde, like, constructs a private opera viewing for him, which I thought was really tender and romantic and beautiful. (laughs) Uh, But he's like, oh, yeah, an opera, I can do that. So he decides he's going to write an opera, and he goes to an artist retreat, I don't know, lots of different artists are there writing and sculpting and doing whatever, and they all just sort of, like, live in cabins in the snow, and... Which, this is a real
4: thing, a, which makes me really time. depressed about being an artist. <laughs> Let's all just go and make stupid shit in the woods, like... <laughs> that sounds yeah. great to me, honestly.
5: We should explain that the the person who wrote the opera that he saw is now, like, who he wants yes. to collaborate with. Because he obviously can't write yeah. mu- yes. the music part.
4: Music. <laughs> he can't write music. And so they both decided to go t- to this retreat together. It's not like <laughs> they just randomly met. It was, like, a planned yes. thing. Yes. And
1: the composer's name is Leo. Leo Sin, I think. Leo, from moment one, is just hard eyeballing yeah. Lotto. Like, very attracted yeah. to him. And Lotto, separated from Matilde and not able to have sex with her on every page, <laughs> um, he is like, hmm, maybe I'll show him my dick. <laughs> No, he does. He does. There's like a moment where they're changing. He's like, "Mm, I'm just going to leave the towel off a little bit. See what see what happens. And so they're just sort of teasing each other the whole time. And then Leo kills himself. And I was like, Leo, you're better than this. Yeah, you're better than this. I my thoughts though is every time they described Leo or every time Leo was described, it was like his big hands. His giant hands.
3: Oh gosh, this his hands were mentioned. This a actually lot. reminds me of something that Lauren Groff says in that interview. I just want to mention this really fast and then, like, because it's mm-hmm. dick related. Okay, she said, "If you want to write about a man you know in real life, just make his dick small because they'll never think it's them if you write <laughs> that they have a small dick." Oh, I thought that was really hilarious.
4: That's amazing. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. go ahead. That's just a sidebar. That is <laughs> <laughs> solid <laughs> advice.
1: <laughs> his description, his main descriptor was big hands, and I couldn't help but think. And this is kind of a meme. This is maybe out of everyone's wheelhouse, but have you heard like the term "big yowie"? No. Hands? no. <laughs> It's like Japanese manga about men in love. Mary, of course, you would know. And that. And they always have these giant hands. They always have giant hands that are as big as
4: somebody's head. Really? You know? Yes. Like tickle monster. Google it. Like I know Yaoi, but I didn't know that yes. the hands was a was a thing interesting i don't know i just i just i wondered if that was intentional i'm thinking probably not but i mean i think part of the part of it was that he is like a composer playing piano so they're trying to like she's trying to emphasize his hands as like his tool or whatever
1: (sighs) i just also this was a part where it was very teasing like it seemed like lotto was interested and i kept thinking okay they're gonna i thought they were Yeah, yeah i did too but no, and I think that would have been interesting, and it would have sort of been a larger comment on sexuality, and maybe Lotto as a person. But no, it was like, Lotto's just thirsty. Yeah.
5: I think Lotto just wants to be admired. That's really where it stops for him. Like He's too narcissistic. I yeah.
1: wondered if anyone was going to bring up how this book has a lot of sex in it, and I'm a huge prude. I think that's coming up. <laughs>
4: Did you see? Um, <laughs> I have a discussion point. Well, uh, it's under other things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which yes, I wrote in yes. the Google Doc. There is a whole lot of weird sex shit going on throughout the novel. What's up with that?
3: I mean, we can talk about that now since it's coming up.
4: Yeah. I mean, okay. So if we've <laughs> talked about like the other points that I wanted to, to cover were like the structure. I wanted to cover Lotto and Matilde which we've done a lot of talking about and like whether or not you can always trash talk Lotto more if Yeah, want. I mean, that's – it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. Um, and I – well, I also wanted to talk about, like, marriage in general. And, I mean, we talked a little bit about how, like, it's hard to believe some of the secrets that she kept. And I know Emily was saying when I was talking to you earlier, you were just talking about, like, you don't know if that's, like, an honest portrayal of, like, what it's like to be married to someone because, like – like a lot of people actually have healthy relationships and don't keep huge secrets from each other.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, like I feel like Lauren Graf was trying to say something more universal about marriage with this. Um, And I don't feel like that's working for me because I don't believe that this is the way most relationships work. Yeah. Um, I I think, I think most relationships, um, most healthy relationships, like, yeah, of course you don't tell that person everything if, like if you rack your brain there's probably at least one lie or one like omission but like i mean i'm pretty open and honest with someone when i love them and care about them yeah. so yeah i just i have trouble seeing that as like a you shouldn't want to keep yeah, secrets. secret i i just see i have trouble seeing that as like a universal truth about the way marriage works that like you can never know your partner because i don't think that's true yeah i agree but, with you on that one yeah.
4: So what, why don't we talk about all the sex? I, I was know. like, I was like, I bet. Well, can we, can we talk about what the lie is? Oh, yeah, we okay. We should do that. Because <laughs> this is related to the sex. Okay. Yeah. We find out uh, at the end of Lotto's section, towards the end of his section, he is at an art gallery with Mathilde, and she has worked at this art gallery for this man, Ariel. She's worked for him since, like, she was super young at this gallery, And she gets something spilled on her dress, so she goes to the bathroom, which then leaves Lotto to talk to Ariel. And then Ariel offhandedly mentions about how, like, he and Mathilde used to be in a relationship. And Lotto's like, that's not possible. My wife is a virgin before she met me. She was pristine. She never even kissed anyone. And Ariel's like, uh, sorry, bro. Not true. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I thought, I thought you knew. <laughs> Oops." And then <laughs> I don't even know how
1: that came up. Well, it was a. Pl- it's seriously, it's like she left to go to the bathroom,
4: and he's like, "Hey, did you know we had it was sex?" Planned. Like Charlie planned this,
3: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> which we find out later, like in sex. Look, Charlie's the real MVP of this. Charlie's just fucking with everyone left and right. Charlie forever. Hate, I hate
5: him yes. too, though. <laughs>
1: Also his name is Charlie, which is one But look, Lotto this is this is kind of confusing if you haven't read it, but Charlie was Lotto's best friend or one of his best friends when he was young. Lotto had sex with Charlie's twin sister mm-hmm. and then she killed well, herself. There's lots of suicide going on in but this. But that's book not also. what
3: Lotto happened.
1: And Lotto is just very disrespectful of that, I think. And sort of like brings her up he doesn't,
4: in weird ways. He doesn't ways. realize that she died by suicide. He thinks that over-dosed. she overdosed. Though you, he's still wow. disrespectful of her and of Charlie yeah. and his feelings about his twin sister having died when they were teenagers. So,
1: you know what? If Charlie wants to mess with him,
4: great. Yeah. Go, Charlie. Charlie is also terrible. Yeah. I mean, everyone in this in this book is terrible, except for Rachel. (laughs)
1: But but the big lie that Matilda's keeping is that she wasn't a virgin. She had slept with one other person before she married. (gasps) And, and look, I can't conceivably think, why would you not want to tell him that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's something I think would come up if you're in a relationship and you're talking Mm -hmm. about sex and marriage. I'd think you would
5: talk about that. Well, then, how would your marriage, like, hinge on that? Uh, that's – Well,
1: this is the thing. It's not like Lotto was Oh, a my virgin. God. All they do
5: is talk about, like, how hilarious it is that Lotto has sex with everybody. Like –
1: And that's the thing. Like, why is it so important for her to be a virgin when it was not important for him to be a virgin? Because he's a huge
4: misogynist. Yeah, and Lotto
5: likes the idea of this person that he has sort of created her to be in his head. Yeah.
4: It was very frustrating. It was. And it's, you know, telling that he basically behaves very, like, standoffishly towards her for an entire month after he finds out this information and doesn't tell her that he knows. And then he dies. So, spoiler alert, everyone. (laughs) He has an aneurysm. I wasn't sad. No way. I was not sad. I was like, bye, dude. I was like, oh, he dies? (laughs) Like, I get to read the next half without (laughs) him? And, yeah, once no, he died, wasn't. I was like, wait,
5: what's going to happen? What do we still have half this for? This is I didn't know it was going to switch <laughs> What's a view. I was like, we're just going to hear him from beyond the grave for the- half the book.
4: <laughs> beyond the but gray.
1: we find out that the weird sex stuff happened because when she wasn't a virgin.
4: Yes. Uh, so she, go- she gets into this, like, business relationship that is straight up just, like, abuse. Ah, yeah. With- yeah, That's what the man.
5: problem is. The problem is not yeah. that she had sex with someone.
1: It's sort of like an echo of her grandmother's prostitution, yeah.
5: right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's
4: pretty close to... I mean, it is. It is prostitution. like Because she is doing it for money and doesn't want to be doing it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, I mean... Yeah. But it's, it's, like, very difficult to read those parts because it's really mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And, like, I guess she has agreed to it. But it's like, it still feels like you're reading
5: rape. Are we going to talk about the fact that Lotto was sexually abused as a child, too? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh! Because
5: that is just... You mean his teacher? Yeah. I mean, that's That was also rough. Yeah. And then, I mean, the only moment that that is really brought back up again is when the teacher shows up at a play and is like, do you remember me? And he's like, no. But he obviously does, because he gets all uncomfortable, but... Yeah, I mean, they both have. Well, he, yeah, he kept that from her. Yeah, they he both have these, like, pretty fucked up. And It's interesting
3: because it seems like that's the type of thing that you share and work through with your significant
4: other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
5: Hey, do, do you want to ask Joe any questions about marriage? Ask a
4: man!
5: Hey. Ask a man! He's here.
4: I have a question
2: for Joe. be fun.
5: Well, the book that we read was, it was about a marriage. Um, and you're married. And
4: you are in a marriage. Yeah, you're a married person.
2: We are married, and that is correct. Mm-hmm.
4: So our question is, okay. did you lie to Susan about being a virgin before you got married?
2: <laughs> nope.
4: Are you kidding? I would have okay. been, I'm relieved that he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I would have had more questions. Yeah, it's very strange that that's a turn on for Lotto. Like,
2: it's a turn on for really? men. I don't is there was there women that are turned on by male virgins?
4: Did you care that I wasn't a virgin?
2: No. But I mean like you have these Would like Would you pure- have liked
5: it oh. better if I was
2: You have these like purity contracts and like have you seen these things? Like yeah, where yeah, you can, I like, have.
5: True where love you like ways. basically sign a document saying like your hymen's intact. It's real yeah, fucked up. Right. But sometimes your hymen might not be intact I for I know. That's reason. one of the reasons this is fucked up. Yeah. In the in this book that we read, this it becomes known that the the wife in this twenty four year long marriage had actually had a sexual relationship with someone else before the marriage and really another one one person. person and it really, really bothers the husband that it kinda, have... kinda kills him. I yeah. mean it contributes yeah. to his death. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it
4: contributes
2: Are they like Uber Christian?
5: No.
4: No, no, they're, they're like they have no He's religion. like a drug addict. That's like an Uber Christian y
2: thing to be mad about. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, he I mean, he, so he talked to, like, plenty of other
5: women. Before he got married.
4: Yeah.
2: Was the other guy better than him? Probably. <laughs> like, was I mean, that no, Like was that part of him. their conversation? Like, was she like, yeah, it was only one guy? No. But no. like, whoa. That's you know? some,
5: like, major insecurity, no.
1: though. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, the thing is, is, like, yes, if both of them were like, oh, we're very religious, and this is something we believe in, and then she says, oh, I actually lied about it. Yeah. That could be a problem. But it's such a huge double standard for him to have had sex with so many women and have a reputation. Yeah.
5: Uh, Not to mention, although unbeknownst to him, he has impregnated someone else. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Her. That but sounds like else a bigger too, deal. There's a baby out there. Well,
2: that's that's true for, like, I've found land. through friends and other, you know, like, experiences that typically the people who are, like, the most jealous are typically the most, like, emotionally untrue, if that makes sense. Like... I, I knew guys in college who were like super unfaithful all the time, but they were always the ones that were mad about like a girl talking to somebody.
5: Uh, I dated one right. of those people. Oh, you know what I mean, <laughs> like I've had this relationship,
4: yeah.
2: so I'm not surprised. <laughs> I don't even know what you guys are talking about like
4: <laughs> I guess it's like the <laughs> I guess it's like the thing where people who do shitty things expect other people to do the same shitty things to them so then they're suspicious yeah. of yeah. everyone. It just blows
5: my mind that, like his entire. Like, idea of her hinges on that thing. Because it's... Yeah.
4: Well, so it seems like his he, he's upset also, and I guess rightfully in a way, that she never told him this. And, like, allowed him to believe something about her that wasn't true. And also that this happened with a person that they both knew, who then she was, like, continuing to work with. Oh, okay. So I guess it's, like, I, I would have wanted to know that.
2: Were they going... Mm-hmm. Was there, like, emotional distance between the people, like, when he found out? Like, were him and his wife already on, like, the, the skids?
1: I don't know. It's hard to well, say. Well, he had considered uh, sleeping with a man. He had? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like- oh.
2: So this is like American Beauty, right? Like the dad next door.
1: There's just a lot going
5: on. It's a like, lot of he's like the tortured artist next door.
3: I would say yes, there is emotional distance between them, obviously, because they're lying to each other and keeping yeah. information t- from each, each other. So
4: I don't think they much were ever more important close. information from him than that. But he doesn't realize that.
1: Yeah. That's true. Here's true. here's another question. So when she lies to him and tells him she was a virgin, or doesn't tell him, but he assumes. Mm-hmm. They have sex once they get married, and there is blood. So he's like, "Ooh, she was a virgin." But what she didn't tell him is she had just gotten her period. Did he not notice when she had her period for several subsequent
3: <laughs> days? <laughs> also, period blood is different from just blood. Yeah, just but really, did he not notice? Yeah, I was still here. Sorry, Joe. Sorry, sorry Joe. Joe. No, I'm not sorry, Joe. You need to be
2: comfortable <laughs> can, with this. You, I mean,
3: he lives with me.
1: You I can have hide periods. being on
2: your period, right? Like, I mean, like, is he?
5: But if they're getting married, they're on their oh, honeymoon. Oh, like every time he had sex, like,
2: wouldn't it's he believing. notice? Yeah.
5: Oh yeah, yeah you'd yeah. notice the first. time. I mean, if you knew the difference between a period and like,
4: yeah. But even if you didn't get that, you would. Like the second time you have sex, like the next day, like does he think she's just like bleeding forever because her hymen Uh, broke? Dude, he's probably like, like, yeah,
2: he's just a typical guy, like boy, (laughs) yeah.
3: Man, I really beat that up, you know. Oh my
5: god, (laughs) Lada would think that though. We have an
3: explicit label on this podcast,
5: so it's true. It's
4: mostly just because we say fuck sometimes. Parental guidance. I think, I feel like I'm here to keep the balance. Yeah. The prude. Resident <laughs> prude. That's like Resident that's prude. like 90% of the reason Mary didn't like this book is because of how much sex was in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not that there was a bunch of sex. I just kept thinking,
5: well, that's it, huh? Like, <laughs> Joe, do you think that you can ever really know your spouse?
2: You're asking, can you ever really know your spouse? Yeah. No, I don't think so.
5: You don't think you can?
2: No. I mean, maybe like... That's you friendly. you could know well. I mean, you could know ninety nine point nine 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 percent, but like,
1: like can can you know your spouse as much as you can? Yeah, ever know Yeah,
2: no. A person? Yeah,
5: if you're not actually. I mean, that do person. you ever
2: really know yourself? I guess I know that's like super deep, but like philosophical. But you know, can you though? Like,
5: <laughs> I feel like you know me better than anybody else ever will. Yeah.
2: But you asked, can I know Except you
5: Mabel.
2: <laughs> like completely?
5: Well, do you know any other person completely,
4: completely?
2: But no, that's what I'm saying. Like,
4: y- yeah, I guess that's the
5: question. But
2: yeah, I mean, I'll know you better than I know anybody in the world.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And like, you look at these couples that are together 40, 50 years, like, there's probably not much they don't know. But, you know, even like, will
1: you can still surprise yeah, like each you'll other. You'll have a
2: conversation like, wait, you did that when you were, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, man, I don't know if that changes how I how I see you. <laughs>
4: Has that ever yeah. happened? Like, wait, you killed your brother? Like, <laughs> yeah, this girl killed her brother. So.
2: Oh, she did.
4: You killed your infant
2: yeah, brother. That's fucked up. Yeah. It was an accident, uh, Maybe
5: that's why an accident that she was 100% responsible for, though. That's pretty
2: like, crazy. I've know. never killed a man. He
4: stood at the top of the stairs. Well, no, went, you know who, you know who's <laughs> responsible as her parents for leaving their two small children unattended upstairs? Like, okay. that's who's Yeah, but
5: for. I feel like it's implied that she's <laughs> responsible.
2: So it was like a Jean Bonnet kind of thing.
4: Oh, God. Don't give me okay, started the, on that. Okay, it was, like, how old were they? Like, five he was and four three or something? Or five and two? She was four? Was he four or was she four? Someone was four. She must have been four because he was, like, a baby. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Like, he, could, he was just was learning four. to walk. Okay, so can a four-year-old have murderous intent against their infant sibling? <laughs> like, sure. have you ever yeah, seen a horror movie? they
2: could. <laughs> If a tiny evil.
4: doll can do it. Then well, I think a small person could. If so, a yeah. tiny doll can do it. Chucky does a f- does a four year old even really understand the concept of of death?
2: If they see it,
4: if you push something or if you don't like grab your child, your baby brother's hand as he is about to fall down the stairs, like do you realize that he's going to die? Like probably did she push not- him,
2: or did he just fall? Down?
4: She didn't push him. He like was leaning on her at the top of the stairs. And then he sort of like twisted around her and like fell and he like, she like didn't yeah. do anything. She just He stood did the slinky. And she like let him out of his bed. He had, he was in a room with the door closed and she let him out. He,
2: this, like, he big... did the baby slinky. Yeah. Stop
4: it. Oh my God. I didn't even hear that. <laughs> All right. Now Joe has to go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's, that's the last straw,
2: Joe. See you guys.
3: Bye.
1: <laughs> no i'm i'm into the baby slinky oh that's a nice
4: turn of phrase <laughs> baby slinky should is that the episode title <laughs> he did the slinky baby slinky
5: oh <laughs> uh, this anyway. is the stuff he says every day and i'm like that's really fucked up <laughs> and then i'll be like it's just a joke like but it was fucked up
4: do you truly know <laughs> him susan <laughs> i think that wraps up our favorite series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I you can't think do anything so.
3: Should we we get to our letters? Yes. So we, on our um, last full episode, because we have mini-sodes and full episodes, we (laughs) asked our readers to send in their questions about Girl With All The Gifts and about movies that are actually better than the books. So we've got three letters to read. Yeah. 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 So our first one comes from Russ in Tampa, Florida, and I...
4: Us. i hope you're hanging in there yeah stay safe friends. although i don't know if you're gonna hear if it's gonna be over by that point probably
3: we hope you're all right um hi, hey book squad goals first time listener first time caller for all the reasons you discussed in the podcast i too was quite let down after reading the book first and then watching the movie for the girl with all the gifts one thing you didn't discuss that ruined the movie for me was how they changed the relationship between melanie and justin In the book, Melanie wants Justineau to see her as a little girl. Like how excited she is when she gets to change into girls' clothes and how she makes Sergeant Parks promise not to tell Justino that she's leaving to feed. Then you have the movie where she immediately gets her clothes covered in blood and has her, do you want a cat? I already had one, line. Don't. That's cheap and that's not Melanie. It totally ruins the dynamic she and Justino had, which was very central to the book. Anyway, looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Yeah, so that line really bothered me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For obvious reasons. Like, it's
4: not cute to joke about how you killed a cat, ever. And in the book, she feels an extreme sense of guilt. Yeah. Like, anytime she kills something.
3: Yes. So, yeah, I would agree. I was really, like, I was angry when she said that. I was like, I had the same reaction. I was like, why? She wouldn't say that. That's ridiculous. That's the writer's being cute. And it's not cute. It's not. So, and yeah. she
4: had, like, a little – that little picture of a kitten on her wall. Like, yeah. she – it could have actually been a more profound moment right? that yeah. she had to eat a cat when she also likes them and, you know, but they did it dirty. Thank you for that comment, thanks, Russ. Russ.
3: Yeah, Russ, we're totally – we totally agree. We agree.
4: Yeah. Totally. Thank you for writing in. Thank you. And thanks for being a first-time listener. We hope you'll keep listening. Yeah. So, Susan, do you want to read this one since it's from your friend?
5: Sure. I mean, my name is in it, so it's going to be talking about myself in the third person. Okay. This is Lauren from Nashville. Um, She said, Silver Linings Playbook. Maybe it's just because the casting was so good in Silver Linings Playbook, but I was so let down by the book. It was one of the first times I got more emotion and empowerment from the movie than when I was reading it. Not saying the book wasn't good, but comparatively, I reckon the movie and think Bradley Cooper was robbed from an Oscar that year. I may have others, but this one comes to mind, and I figured I'd follow the rules by emailing the inbox instead of texting Susie. Later, I'm Susie. <laughs> love the podcast. Keep it up, Lauren from Nashville. P.S. Susie loved Peter. Rachel loved Brian, and I still love Dean. Don't forget it. No. <laughs> Two things to discuss she has here. Since retracted, she has that retracted. Comment. This was sent okay. before Bachelor in Paradise fuckery happened. Yeah. So.
3: So, before we talk about Silver Lines playbook, I want to – let's let's get into VIP here for a yeah. second. All right. Because if you haven't watched Bachelor in Paradise, um, going into Bachelor in Paradise, I feel like for a lot of people, Dean was, like, the favorite to be the next mm-hmm. Bachelor. Those people are eating their words now because <laughs> Dean is clearly a fuckboy. <laughs> He's the worst. And I hate him. And he did my girl Christina wrong. I
5: know. It's so – it's crazy to think that he yeah. might have, if if Rachel had kept him around, that he would have proposed to her. Like, what? Yeah, no. No way. Like, this this guy's not ready to get married. This guy's not ready to have a girlfriend. <laughs>
3: no. And here's my thing. Like, I was never a huge Dean fan. Yeah. The moment she was like, you know, let's talk about something serious. And his first question was, what's, what's your, your favorite, favorite dinosaur? dinosaur? Oh. That should have been a big tip-off, y'all. That's a stuff boy question.
5: Yeah, I was like, All it's right? not funny. No, not even it's a not a funny, funny deflection question. It's just um no. yeah, he sucks. Um and Lauren said she, you know she thinks he sucks now too. And she said she that she wanted ben Z to be the bachelor and girl, I agree. I wanted yeah. Kenny first then yeah. Benzie. Those are my those are my top picks, but we got Ari instead. So, what's everything's everything's falling apart.
3: Okay. So <laughs> it's it's September now. Um, Bachelor airs in January. They
4: still have time to change their mind, They're right? Oh my God! It doesn't come on until January.
1: Yeah, Kelly, you should know you're going on the show, right? Not anymore. Not anymore. No. I'm way out of
5: his league. So for real, <laughs> <laughs> so true.
1: <laughs> but this is what we do. Like, you go on that show to become the next Bachelor,
4: or to go on Bachelor in Paradise. But I don't even want to like t- pretend to kiss that. No, no. Yeah, because she would definitely He'll kiss have you up to against a wall.
3: It
5: that's how yeah. it does yeah, it like
4: if if i want to be the next bachelorette i have to kiss him and i just don't want to do that i so. don't you gotta i take don't one for really the want you really.
5: to be the next bachelorette first i want you to first go on bachelor in paradise and then that's like your big thing and everyone love loves it. you and then they cast you as a bachelorette we got to get you on both. I would on,
4: on bachelor in paradise and i would literally make out with every single person that's why you'd be so yeah. good every last one
3: Wait, yeah. should we actually talk about Silver Lines Playbook? Has anyone read it? I have
1: never seen the movie or read the book. Yeah, I've only either. seen the
3: movie, and really? I liked it a lot. Um, I wish Ben were here because we could do Ask a Man Part 2, because Ben has actually taught the book, Silver Lines Ooh. Playbook, so it would be interesting have him write in. to hear, yeah, maybe Ben can write in for yeah. next time and tell us his Silver Lines Playbook. Ben from Playbook. I have seen the movie, but I also haven't read the book, so I Who did comment, get
5: the but, Oscar that year?
3: Oh no. I'm not a huge Bradley Cooper fan. My favorite Bradley Cooper role is when he's a raccoon because then I don't have to look at him.
5: (gasps) You don't want to look at him. But is I don't like him. His yeah, he looks. So look. Good.
3: Speaking of fuck boys, he looks like a fuckboy. He looks like he a looks bro like a that boy. never grew out of the yeah, frat house. He looks
5: like a fuckboy, but he was an English major. He's great. Well, I'm just yeah, talking about he just what he looks like. like. Does Thank well? You. it's because the first Thank time you. you saw him probably was in Wedding Crashers, where he did play a fuckboy. But also That's his true. his face. yeah, he looks like he could yeah, be he one, just has but he's not. Yeah.
4: Okay. Well, I know that he's a perfectly nice man. It's just I don't get the appeal. I don't like.
5: Yeah. He was really good in that movie, though. Like, surprisingly yeah, so, yeah.
4: I would say. I'm gonna look up who got the Oscar. Especially if you're acting,
5: if you're acting next to Jennifer Lawrence, it's gonna be obvious yeah. if you suck.
4: <laughs> yeah. So he did great. I like him in Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> I'm
1: coming up with it. I'm getting it. Jean Dujardin. Who? <laughs> He's French. He's from the Oscar, or not from the Oscar, from the artist. Oh, uh, that
4: that fucking movie. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, so this is, this is also about our question about books versus movies. One of the movies that comes to mind that I believe is as good or perhaps better than the book is The Shining by Stephen King. And the reason is because of the casting with good actors and director. The actor Jack Nicholson gave the books, gave the book's character a life and personality that was even better than in the book. Now, here's an example of where the movie was excellent, but the book sucked, and that's the book Me Before You. The book is terrible, but the actors in the movie were likable, were so likable that it made for a really good movie. And this is from Trudy in Colorado Springs. I have not seen Me Before You because I heard it was too depressing. <laughs> I haven't seen it. And I did not want to watch it.
3: I saw or it. Or read it.
1: Um, I haven't, I haven't seen it or read the book, but I feel like I need to because it's essentially about a man who decides to kill himself because he's paralyzed.
5: Yeah, and mm. you, well, explain why you should. I do
1: disability <laughs> studies. Yeah, it just
5: sounds
4: I like mean, you I, I study about that specific thing. <laughs> no, <I laughs> Mary's like, and I'm so studies. into paralysis stories.
1: <laughs> well, this this book was really controversial. Yeah. yeah. In the disability studies community, understandably, because it's saying in a way that if you're disabled you have no reason to live which Mm -hmm. is just stupid
4: well and it's also like fetishizing the like caretaker Mm -hmm. role for sure i mean at least from what i saw from the trailer which like i'm Mm -hmm. not supposed to talk about a thing that i haven't actually seen so
5: i'm over here agreeing like yeah yeah i haven't seen it either though so (laughs) i've seen it so i can i can confirm yeah okay
1: that happens. I mean, I've just read about it. I've read about the movie. Yeah, I read
5: about the book
4: a little bit, but I haven't read it. Yeah. So interesting points. And I think a lot of people think that The Shining is better. I don't. Um, I haven't read the book, so I can't say. But there are it is a a lot of people have that feeling.
3: So I've I've read the book and seen the movie obviously, um of the, the Shining. About it. Yes. And I wrote a paper about it. So I feel like I have a lot to say about this. But um yeah, I, I think for me, like I have really mixed feelings about the movie and the book because I, I the movie is so iconic and it definitely is like Jack Nicholson's role in that movie is very iconic. Obviously, the directing is really great, so there's a lot of great things going on in the movie. But I don't feel like it's a very good representation of the source material. There's a lot of really important things about the story that are left out, um, like. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's really, it's hinted at, but something that comes across a lot more in the book is uh, the, uh, the main character's alcoholism and the way that he abuses his son and, like, doesn't feel in control of himself in those ways and is, like, trying to be a better person and, like, I think in the movie they hint at the fact that he lost his job. What they don't say is that they lost his job. He lost his job teaching because he hit a student. Oh. Oh. Um, So he has has serious rage issues and issues with abuse coming into the situation. On the other hand, I think um, one of the critiques that I read about the movie is that casting Jack Nicholson – kind of played the cards early because we're not really supposed to see this character as a dangerous character straight off. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to be seeing, we see things through his eyes. He's sort of like our, you know, our entry into the world. And so we're supposed to kind of side with him. And already at this point in Jack Nicholson's career, I think people see him or saw him as a menacing actor who played those kinds of roles. Um, And so they already knew Starting at the beginning of the movie, that he was going to go bad, which I think is, it's supposed to be shocking that this happens. Like, even though this character has this history, like, he's working really hard to be a better person and, like, trying to give up alcoholism. I don't know. So, I have mixed feelings about it. I know Stephen King wasn't very happy with the adaptation. He hates it.
4: Yeah. He's like, constantly throwing food. <laughs> <aid. laughs> <laughs> so,
3: so, uh, I think, like, my official stance on this is that, like, it's just, like, they're just two very different things.
5: Yeah. But um I really adore the yeah. book. They en- The ending's totally different, too. Well, not totally different, but there's a pretty significant difference in the ending. Yeah.
3: But anyway, um I, I think the book is amazing, and so I have a really hard time yeah. saying the movie yeah. is better than the book, especially when I feel like the movie deviates enough from the book's material that it's, like, doing something entirely different that – is not what Stephen King intended the yeah. story to be yeah. about.
4: Agree. Yeah. So, and it's it's not really a, f- a fair comparison because they're so different. And then also, like, it is like from a standpoint of just examining it as a movie and not considering the source material. It's an excellent film. Yeah. yeah. So there's oh, also yeah. that. Like, yeah,
5: it is a good. Yeah. It is a really good film. But I don't. I mean, The Shining is one of my favorite books, and like, I just think. If you are comparing them directly, the book is just so much better to me. The book is horrifying. It's so scary. the yeah. yeah. And it's so... Like, the movie's
3: scary, but the book is and horrifying. And it's like,
5: I, I really like a slow burn scary thing, and that's kind of how it operates. And, like, that... I know that they couldn't really do this in the movie, and I think I mentioned this before. It might have been something we cut out of conversation before, but um, the oh, yeah. the hedge, the the topiaries, like kind of coming at Danny. That was like a scene that doesn't seem like it should be that scary, but I remember being like totally horrified. And mm-hmm. that's something that I mean in the in the movie, it's a hedge maze that is doing the scary work there. It's which is not as scary to me, but I remember so many parts of it. Being really, really scary like that, and like where you couldn't
4: totally tell what was how, happening. How old were you when you read it? Um,
5: like twenty. Yeah.
4: Okay. I read it like four years ago. My yeah, God, I, I would like to. It read is like
5: it. good, good yeah. horror writing. Um, yeah, it's yeah. really good.
1: I'm starting to develop some very mixed feelings on Stephen King. Well,
5: really? I mean, if you read, you'll his have to tell us more in the catalog of stuff. It's a pretty mixed bag. So. But I think he's a fantastic writer, for the most part. Has he written some junk? Sure. But The Shining is not... Even on a sentence level, I felt like The Shining was really
4: good. The Shining is really, really good. Um, Okay, so we'll talk more about Stephen King. Yeah, we will. On our next episode on Twitter. I'm so excited! things on the blog do people emily want to talk about yeah
3: okay so most recently on the blog um i'm pretty like i'm pretty excited right now because september 20th season six of are you the one is coming on mtv and this show is amazing i love it um i have seen every season um i've turned my friends on to it like you guys like this is a really great show um and i've been into it yeah ben is really into it but like i have been really disappointed with bachelor in paradise this season and i think that's made me like extra excited about um are you the one because i've always felt like are you the one is the superior show but especially after this season i'm just kind of like really disappointed with vip um it's rightfully so yeah it's been kind of boring and annoying for the most part. I mean, there have been funny moments, but overall, just like, it's not the VIP that I have come to see. It was less fun this um, time. Yeah. Markedly yeah. less fun. Um, so I wrote a, an article for the blog about why Are You The One is a better show than The Bachelor and all the Bachelor franchise shows. So check that out, and um, maybe it will convince you to watch. Well, September 20th. Give me... Mary, you wrote some blog entries. Yes, also on the
1: blog, I have written a short piece about why I am currently obsessed with the ABC sitcom Fresh Off the Boat. And specifically, why I love the mom and dad on that show. The couple, Lewis and... Jessica, I I mean, I think part of why I love them so much, and I say this in my blog post, is because they're a team, they love each other, they love their kids, they support each other, they still have problems, but they work through them through honesty and openness. Oh. And it's just like a really heartwarming, good, funny show, despite the real life Eddie Wong's uh, turdiness about it.
4: Which is a whole thing. I don't know anything about that.
1: Yeah, Eddie Eddie Wong, who the show is based on, it's based on his memoir. He is, if if you've seen him, you've probably seen him on Vice. He has a show on Vice where he just kind of goes around and eats stuff. He <laughs> cool. um, is the person who started Bauhaus in New York. Um, Bauhaus, is like, bow. I mean, I know Bauhaus is
4: like the art movement, but what?
1: Bao, bao, it's bao house, like bao, a bun, a steamed bun.
4: Oh. A
1: Chinese bun, bao.
4: So it's a restaurant.
1: Yeah, it's a restaurant. Okay. So he's a chef, sort of. I don't want to call him a chef.
5: He's
1: a tour. But he essentially, when the show came out, he said, this show isn't indicative of what my childhood was actually like. So I'm not going to endorse it anymore. And he just had a lot of really crappy things to say about it with... Without, I think, giving it credit for a lot of the good things it does. Because it's not a stereotype of Asian Americans, which is most of what Mm -hmm. you get when you see Asian Americans on TV. It's just like a terrible stereotype. But Fresh Off the Boat is actually presenting an Asian American family, working hard, being good people, enjoying being Americans, but also enjoying their Chinese heritage. And I think it's just really nice. Also on the blog, I wrote a review, sort a sort of review, about Roxane Gay's memoir, Hunger, which just came out over the summer. And I have really complex, mixed feelings about that book that I don't even think I fully discussed in my blog post. And I would love it if any of our listeners have read it and have things that they want to say or contribute to the conversation. If you would write in and let us know what those things are. Yay! Because it's it's a very interesting book, and we
3: want to talk about what's coming up on the podcast. Yes, yeah. Next
1: time on Book Squad Goals, Stephen King's It. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, Emily, and I saw the remake of It last Thursday for my birthday. Oh my gosh! And I made cookie dough. Emily made edible cookie dough, like home, uh, eggless cookie dough. Yeah. We
4: snuck it in. We Wait, ate it. Mary, did I miss your birthday? No, my birthday's the fourteenth. Okay, I was like, "How did that happen?"
1: But okay. really, anything that happens within the month of September is for my birthday.
3: But it was Kelly's birthday the other day.
1: It was. Good it was birthday. Kelly's birthday the other day.
5: Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Kelly! Everybody.
1: But, I mean, I guess without talking about it too much, I thought it was good.
5: Oh my god, I loved it. I can't wait to talk it. I'm really about it. excited to see it. I'm hoping I can yeah. squeeze in a matinee tomorrow.
3: Also, we will have to talk a little bit about the miniseries as well, because Tim Curry and my first crush, Jonathan Brandis.
1: R.I.P. Who looks like a tiny
5: baby bin
4: He does not. Baby he kind of <laughs> does <laughs> a little though. bit. Um, a little bit. Emily <laughs> has always had a tight. I am. I'm really excited <laughs> to
5: talk about the miniseries because it was the first thing that scared the ever-loving crap out of me, and really had a hard time seeing Tim
4: Curry at all after that. The person and I've never watched it, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to. We're uh, gonna
3: have so much it to oh watch my in gosh. The next Watching all to the hair. Yeah, so our our
1: next we will be talking about the It mini series, the 2017 remake of It, and also maybe the book a little bit.
3: We're we're gonna have to talk about that scene in the book, and if you've read the book, know what scene I'm talking about. If not, you'll just have to wait till our next episode to find out what I'm talking about. Um, and then uh, our next uh, full
4: episode. <laughs> it just doesn't have quite the same ring to it (laughs) no it doesn't
3: um but uh it's gonna be a book i chose so let me tell you about it it's all the ugly and wonderful things by bryn greenwood let me tell you a little bit about why i picked this book i know very little about it i know that um there is a really disturbing relationship that happens in the book and i I mean, I have to say I'm really all in for disturbing and taboo relationships. Like, that's just, that sold me right there. I, it was also named Book of the Year for 2016 for um, Book of the Month Club. They named it Book of the Year. Book um, of the
1: Month, please sponsor us.
3: Yeah. Yo. Allah, la girl. But yeah, so again, I mean, I already had the book when they named it that. But then I was like, oh, fuck, I should read this because like, apparently people like it a lot. So yeah, I've heard really great things also from people that I trust. So I'm excited to read it. And uh, just warning you now, if you're reading along with us, if you are really disturbed by pedophilia, I hear that happens in this book.
5: It happened in the one we just read too. So yeah. So
3: I mean, like, the, I mean, it's going to be like some disturbing and hard material, I think. But I, I am here for it. So I'm very excited about talking about this book.
4: That episode. Is going to be coming out in four weeks. So you have plenty of time to get the book and read it. It's not that long. You can do it. You can do it. Read along with us. And if you do read and want to send us any things you want us to talk about before we record the episode, we'll be recording the episode in like three weeks. So you have even less time. But let us know. And also (laughs) let us know um, your thoughts and comments and questions and criticisms, probably mostly criticisms of Fates and Furies. (laughs) And you know what? A lot
3: of people really love this book. So I would love to hear from some of our listeners who read this book and really loved it because obviously um, we were kind of mixed to negative in our reviews. So I always like to hear from the other side.
4: Well, someday (laughs) we will have a book that we like (laughs) <laughs> maybe it will be all the ugly and wonderful things. I had a request <laughs> from
5: a listener that we, sh- since we've all talked about that we really did like Room a lot, that we should do an episode, any like a retroactive episode about Room, because she would uh-huh. like to hear us talk about a book that we liked.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'd sit down for that. We could do a Room mini-sode, maybe? We could. Yeah, we could. we could.
1: I know a lot of people have told me, you guys never agree on anything, and you don't ever seem to like the books you pick. But I think what's important to remember maybe is that we haven't read these books before we talk about, you know, we, we are coming fresh to these books too and it's okay to not agree. And we're not just picking them randomly.
3: (laughs) I mean, I think we try to pick books that we know are going to be interesting to
4: talk about whether or not we like them. Also, I really thought I was going to like this. Genuinely. I did too, which is why I picked it. Yeah. We never pick things thinking like, I can't I'm wait gonna to hate this.
5: this. We even picked the couple next door thinking we would like it. So.
4: <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a huge mistake. <laughs>
5: the source of our first um, and probably not last hate episode. But, <laughs> 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 but we're going to do a love episode for Room because we did love it. Yeah. yeah we did.
3: Um, wait, so if
4: you're going to email us your thoughts and stuff, did we say our we email? No. So our email address is book squad goals at booksquad.inc. I-N-K, like a squid. If you want to check out the blog post, go to booksquad.inc slash blog, or just go to the website and click on the handy little blog tab at the top of the website. Yep. Um, also, please, do you guys know what I'm about to say? If you haven't please, rated, please,
5: reviewed, subscribed,
4: that you're please, terrible please person. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I swear to fucking God, you guys. <laughs> I'm, I don't know if this whole aggression thing is working, if maybe I should try like maybe I next think time we should try being nice. Maybe I'll We cry. love you. Oh
3: oh. I don't know. I kind of so like. We have to. Early. We have to tell them who won the giveaway. Speaking of reading oh, yeah.
5: and reviewing.
4: Okay, Kelly, you want to announce that? The winner of the giveaway is General Alex Praktouser. Yay! Alex, who happens to be my childhood friend since we were we met when we were nine years old.
3: So how appropriate that she's winning a giveaway about a um, children's
4: a a middle grade book, book, like a book about children.
3: (laughs) Yep. And she's your childhood friend. Alex, I really hope that you're going to enjoy the book. Um, So Alex is getting a signed copy of uh, Laurel Snyder's book, Orphan Island, and I will be mailing that to you this week because I have to go to the post office anyway so I really will do it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're
1: if you're curious about Laurel Snyder's book Orphan Island, Emily did a great interview with her on our last mini so. Yes. Yeah. So you can go back and listen to that at your leisure. Yes.
4: And then as I was saying, all of our stuff is on the internet. So just go to it, please.
3: Looksbadink.com.
4: Like yeah, and great follow us preview. on all the social medias. subscribe.
3: Facebook. Twitter. Be friends with us. Instagram. Please. All right, I'm going to stop recording now.
4: No, wait, we didn't actually say bye. Oh, I'm sorry. Bye. 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 <laughs> Later. Bye. <laughs>